When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I am the sidekick to Ken. I am Dylan Waugh. I am the Horatio to Ken's Romeo. Because yeah, Actually, you're wrong. It's ha- Horatio's in Hamlet. <laughs> there are more things, dear Horatio, in heaven and earth that are dreamt of in your science philosophies. <laughs> what do you think? Should we just stick with that as the intro? I you come off as sounding really smart and I come off as sounding really stupid. I think yeah, that that's kind I, of your jam. I, yeah, and I think we've kind of established that already. So. Right? It is Horatio to Hamlet. You're right. I, I knew it. It's yeah. just Horatio's a, an Italian name. I guess. Well, it, yeah. And Hamlet is, uh, takes place in Denmark. Right. And they speaking all of, die. Speaking of speaking of something rotten in the state of Denmark, <laughs> smells like skunk in here. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about the Department of Player Safety first. Mm. That too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Before we get into that, yes, my dog did get sprayed by a skunk. Okay, doesn't smell like skunk in here. Smells like lilacs under underpinned by skunk because I have a okay. candle going. So uh, for those. Uh, we've decided to switch to an audio-only podcast, at least for now, and we might still do stuff with the YouTube channel down the line, but uh, for now, you know, just most people are just listening to us, so we decided to go to audio-only, uh, which is a shame because it was just, just when Ken and I both got our six-packs that we did this, so... Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, all the same. Uh, <laughs> Ken, how are you doing? You just spent a couple weeks in Italy. I did. Yeah. I hear the food is terrible. Yeah, it's really yeah. bad. If you want good Italian food, go to France. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, we we really enjoyed ourselves. I spent twelve days there with my wife, and uh, for the first time in forever, I missed the beginning of the hockey season, and I I missed a few things that happened with Hockey Canada too, unfortunately. Um, Fortunately, but uh, but you know, I mean, it was it was a great trip. I've I've been to I think now nine or ten European countries, so not not a ton, but you know, a, a decent cross section of countries, and Italy's right there. It's it's definitely right there with the likes of, like I've lo- I loved Scotland, really. Um, oh yeah, loved Scotland, and uh, I I really really like Italy. Like Italy, it, and you know, like I would write if I was writing it out, I'd write Italy, and then the the arrow pointing toward France. Like Italy's way better than France. Oh, you're talking about the greater than greater less than, than greater than yeah, France, yeah. Not the arrow, yeah. Uh, I I completely disagree. France, one hundred percent, all the way. Yeah, and you don't you don't strike me as the snooty type. <laughs> well, excuse me while I drink my Tim's with my pinky up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, it's it's not. What is it about France? Part of it is that I'm conversational in French. Yeah. And so when my wife and I were in Italy and we got lost, I felt so screwed. 
I found most of the people speak fairly decent English there now. Yeah. Yeah. It, we, we didn't, but my wife who speaks four languages already was taking Italian lessons AKA for this trip. One. Yeah. Yeah. For this trip. And like yeah. on the first day she was talking to people in Italian, I was, it blew me away. That's anyway. So that, that was cool. Um, but, uh, I would weigh a thousand pounds if I lived there. Oh yeah. At least. Yeah, absolutely. All they eat is carbs and all I love are carbs. Why, yeah. why would you love anything else? Yeah, exactly. It's like the, exactly. uh, it's like the Jim Gaffigan joke, you know, about, uh, why do cops love donuts? <laughs> because they know the difference between right and wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was great, but I'm back, uh, ready to get, get go rolling here on another season. And looks like the NHL's given us lots of fodder. Oh yeah. Hockey Canada's given us lots of fodder. We got a lot to talk about. I've told you from before, the whole hockey season is me rediscovering hockey. When preseason starts, I go, I go, oh, this is great. Hockey's back. And I get all excited, but and that I forget just how bad preseason is until the regular season starts. And then I go, oh, right. This is what hockey looks like. And you know what? It's and been great. It's, it's been, been, it's been great. A good regular season. Like last night, there were eight games and five teams blew two goal leads and lost. Really, and the, and Ottawa blew a three goal lead, and then yeah. and then and won, then won yeah. and then won. Like it's just it's it's been really good. Like yeah. and there have been some really standout performances, which we're probably going to talk about later. Yeah, um, small sample size. I mean, most teams have played two or three or four games, but yeah, um, you know, I mean, we've we've got to deal with what's in front of us, and and there's been some really good hockey so far. So. Let's start off with what's in front of us. Yep. Kuznetsov. Something yeah. rotten in the state of Denmark. I think that that's going to come up twice in this. Uh, oh, okay. In this episode. Okay. Yeah. Because we're going to be talking about Department of Player Safety and then Hockey Canada. Right. And then really fun stuff. So stick around. Yeah. 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 So tell me how you're feeling about the Kuznetsov one game suspension. I, I'm. I'm. I'm appalled. Yeah. Like I, I can't even like, I mean, and I've used this before, like it, it, it just, just when I think that they can't be any worse, they do something like this. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you listen to like when they, when they suspend a guy, they have George Perros put out a video. Yeah. Uh, the, explaining the, exp the suspension. Yeah. This one qualifies as, uh, Comedy. Yeah. Comedy. Yeah. I, I want to read what he said. Okay. Okay. So he's talking about Kuznetsov. Yeah. Kuznetsov's coming in, goes around the net, takes a bit of a hit from Kyle Burroughs, goes down, gets back up. Basically, baseball swings his stick and hits Kyle Burroughs right in the head, or Kyle, Kyle Burroughs right in the head. Right. Okay. So he says, as Kuznetsov gets back to his feet, he pulls back his stick and swings it purposefully at Burroughs, making contact with his face. This is high sticking. No, it's not. This is slashing. Yeah. Right? Slashing is the act of a player swinging his stick as an, at an opponent. Right. Clear cut case of slashing. They've already, and they've already established that there was malice behind it by saying he per swings it purposely at Burroughs. Yeah. It is important to note that this is not a careless use of the stick. Rather, this is an intentional stick swing toward an opponent that makes high contact. So here we are. We are not, there's no gray matter here. 
Yeah. He meant to swing his stick. He meant to do something. And then he goes on, while we recognize Kuznetsov's assertion that he did not intend to hit Burroughs so high, players are accountable for their sticks at all times. While we recognize Kuznetsov's assurance that he did not intend to hit Burroughs so high? Right. What? That's unbelievable. What? Like, like, oh, officer, I only meant to shoot him in the shoulder, but... I got him in the head. Sorry. Like, like, I mean, there's just, they've, they've already established malice. They've already established in like in, in some ways intent here. And then, and then I guess Kuznetsov just says during the hearing, uh, Hey, uh, you know, I, uh, I didn't mean to hit him so high. And then, and then they, but and then, then they, they say, they, play, but they then they mix that, but then they say, play, responsible. yeah, you're accountable for their stick. And then he says, what causes this play to rise to the level of supp the supplemental discipline is the purposeful nature of the swing and the location where it lands on the opponent. Like, and then, so what you're and saying then it just is, goes to one game and then, it just, and then they, they just give them one game. Right. Yeah. They have everything right. Okay. Maybe you didn't mean to hit him in the face. I'm willing to hear that argument. But you still hit him in the face. Right. And that you're responsible for that. Right. Right. It was purposeful. They have everything right, every step. And then their conclusion that they draw from all of that information is well, one game suspension. Yeah. And, and to me, like, it's like it's it's like it wasn't even like they said, well, we recognize that Kuznetsov said he didn't mean to hit him that high. You know, OK, so. But, but they've already established that he meant to do something. Right. That he intended to cause some sort of harm to Kyle Burroughs with a with a baseball swing of his stick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so to me, you don't have to go any further than that. Yeah. Who cares what his, his intent was after that? Yeah. His intent was <clears throat> to, to cause harm. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, that is just, to me, that was just, that was just egregious. Like it was just egregious. And I, I mean, it's, it's no different. Like I almost thought when I saw it, I almost thought I wouldn't be surprised if he just gets the, the $5,000 fine maximum, maximum under, under the, under the CBA. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but um, it, it's that, that was an appalling play. I go, I go back to Ken Dryden talking about the history of fighting in the sport. Mm -hmm. And essentially his, his assertion is that, uh, the history of fighting and, and for those new listeners, cause we're getting new listeners and it's great. And yeah, hello, right. welcome. Yeah. Uh, Ken, as you probably already know, is fairly anti-fighting. I'm, I like it, but I, I think it's problematic. So I'm kind of, you know, in that wishy-washy area. <laughs> but, yeah. That's, that's really wishy-washy. Well, anyways, yeah. whatever. You yeah. Know. Uh, I, I like murder because it calls the herd into the world, but I, I see there are some problems with it. No, I that's don't see basically what you're it. saying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but essentially, uh, Ken Dryden's assertion is that uh, fighting was allowed in hockey to alleviate the idea that they didn't want people swinging sticks at each other. Right. You've got these big, heavy sticks, and the lesser of the two evils is to use your fists. So, if we are going to follow that logic and we're going to allow fighting in the in the game of hockey, which it is. You know, yes, it's I mean, a five-minute penalty. It's, it's penalized, penalized. Yeah, but yeah. let's be honest. It's, yeah, yeah. Part of, it's part of the... Yeah, the, it's part of the fabric of the game. It's like driving 120 on the highway, right? Right, you know? right. Um, if we're going to allow fighting in the, in the game, then if we follow that same logic, then this needs to be 
very heavily penalized. Well, forget forget about all of that and and just take it in the context that the NHL, you know, I mean, they they look down like, you know, they look down on these kinds of fouls. Like it's like this is not part of the code, you know, like, right. like whatever the hell the code is. Right. The code says you don't take baseball swings at an opponent's head. Yeah. And and that's that's against the code, right? So like if the league on the one hand wants to preach that yeah, we are willing to let players go over the line on a lot of things, but you know what, stick work that's inexcusable. Right? right? Well, no, it's not inexcusable and you just made an enormous excuse for it. Right. Because you said we ex- we know they didn't accept. They recognize Kuznetsov's assertion that he didn't mean to hit him so high. Right. And and presumably that recognition is what mitigated the sentence. You would think. I mean, I guess the fact that Kurt Burroughs wasn't badly hurt. I hate the um, no Yeah, no, that, that yeah, I that's that's that ridiculous. So and he's only been fined once during his, his career, so that he doesn't have a huge history. So those were other factors that played into it. But still to me, that's like that's a no brainer ten gamer. Yeah. To me. To me, like you look at that. You just you just took your stick, took a baseball swing, and hit a guy in the head. That, like no question, that's ten games. Yeah, I look. I I completely agree with you. I and like I said, if we're going to use that excuse for having fighting in the sport, right? Then the extracurricular stuff, sucker punches, being a big one, a yeah. big bugaboo of mine. Yeah, you know those those extracurricular slashes. Those need to be out of the game. Yeah. We need to pick a lane here. Yeah, because the because hockey fighting apologists will lean on that argument, right? Right. So okay, so lean on the argument, right? But, but it, it, you know, nothing is going to stop guys from baseball swinging their sticks into other people's heads more than a suspension. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a long suspension. Yeah, this exactly. isn't going to do it exactly. Yeah. And the notion that a sucker punch gets forgiven when there's not. Uh, an injury involved. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but so, so great. Okay. So, you know, I, I don't want to harp on Brad Marchand, for example, but it's like, so Brad Marchand's allowed to do it because he's 180 pounds, but you know, Todd Bertuzzi's going to take a guy's head right off of his right. body. Right. Almost did do. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. like, I'm just saying that you're just the right angle or a couple more pounds of muscle or whatever the case is of that. Be- so it needs to be yeah. dealt with. Well, as, as, as Alan Walsh tweeted yesterday, the the noted, Asian provocateur, yeah, yeah, noted agent, uh, you know, he basically said, "Yeah, this is great." So a baseball swing to the head gets one game, which is equivalent to skipping the All Star game. That's a, that's incredible. Yeah, that's like, incredible. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's un- unbelievable. And and you know what? I sit here and I, and I tweeted stuff out about it yesterday. And everybody's like, George Peros has to go. And, and like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very hard on him. Uh, my name, my nickname for him is the violent George, the violent gentleman Peros. Well, he's got a, a brand. Well, he did. He did. He doesn't own it anymore, but okay. he started, he started a brand called the violent gentleman. Yeah. They made hats that said, make hockey violent again, yeah. you know, playing on the make America great again stuff. Um, so, uh, so I call him that, but you know what? Like, it doesn't matter if George Peros or Brad Richards is doing that job. If yeah. they don't have the teeth and they don't have the, the, um, the cooperation from the players and they don't have the league standing up behind them and saying, yeah, we're going to have your backs. If you, 
you know, really clamp down on this stuff, then it doesn't matter who's in that spot. Because it doesn't matter if the guy had 3,000 penalty minutes or or six. Because George Peros himself is a smart guy. Uh, Yeah, allegedly. He went to Princeton. Okay, yay. You know, like that's all that's all I ever hear when I when I criticize this guy. Oh, he's so smart. He went to Princeton. He went to Princeton. He's smart, all right. He figured out very early in his career that he couldn't play, and the only way he could 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 have an NHL career is if he fought. Yeah, which was really smart by him. Okay, I agree. He's a smart guy. I'll I'll give that to you. He went to Princeton. He graduated. I mean, it's an Ivy League school. Obviously, he's really smart. Put put him in marketing. Yeah, but I'm put, not, put him I'm in not marketing. Put him, him in. Put him in. Put him in. In business development or or something. I'm not defending him, but what I'm saying yeah. is, is that further to your point, the issue right now is not George Peros. No, which is what you're saying. Right. The issue is the guy who's been in charge of hockey since the early 90s or in charge of the NHL since the early 90s and has denied concussions causing CTE yeah. ever since yeah. then. Yeah. And and who have his who have his who have his lieutenants been, right? For for giving out suspensions. Brian Burke, Coley Campbell, yeah. Brendan Shanahan, Colin Campbell. Or yeah, Coley, I said Coley. Yeah, okay. Coley Campbell, Colin Campbell. Uh, Stefan Quintel, Brendan Shanahan, and now George Peros. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think, I think you'd break your calculator if you added up all the penalty minutes those guys had during their careers. Yeah, I think it spells boobs. <laughs> yeah. No, it spells like shell oil. Like, no, I'm, I'm saying because yeah. they're a bunch of boobs. Oh, well, I see. Yeah, okay. I, I was using it in like the 1950s, like that guy's a moron. He's a boob uh, okay. kind of, you know, yeah. going back to a But anyways, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, this stuff happens because the NHL, um, if not tacitly approving it, um, allows it to happen. And this is just another in- instance of it. Another indication, another example. Yeah, I completely agree with yeah. you. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win its game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Do you want to move on to the worser of the subjects before we move on to the better of the subjects? Yeah, well, you know what? I feel like I have to address it because <laughs> I, the day I left was the day that that uh, Andrea Skinner and Michael Brindamore took the stand. Michelle Brindamore took the um, took the um, the stand yeah. in front of the uh, Heritage Canada yeah. um, standing committee, and uh, I was sort of getting it all secondhand through Twitter and stuff because I was en route and. Uh, Wow. Like to me that, that there were, you know, I, I, I think the, I think this whole thing collapsed, collapsed the second Andrea Brindam or Andrea Brindam, Andrea Skinner said 
you know, talked about keeping the lights on in the rinks. What an unbelievable uh, I, 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 th- I think, I think that was, I think that was the, that was the, that was the tipping point. Yeah. I really do. Because, because through all of this, Hockey Canada has been incredibly arrogant. The people at Hockey Canada, the board members, the senior staff have been arrogant. You know, I mean, yeah. Scott Smith was giving out the gold medals at the women's world championship. Yeah. Uh, t- arrogant, tone deaf, and just completely clueless and, and out of touch. So to me, like this was, that comment to me was encapsulated the sense of entitlement that these people seem to have. Um, and, and I've talked to a lot of people who have dealt with hockey Canada and they've all said, you know what, this is basically hubris. This is karma, right? Yeah. Because the hockey Canada just got so arrogant and high on itself and, and, and sort of that permeated their dealings with like everybody um, and, and I really think this has been the reckoning for them, you know? And yeah. I, I think part of the problem was, was that, you know, I mean, Andrew Skinner and people on that board, they would get, they would get rings when Canada won in the Olympics or won, uh, world juniors when it was in Canada, they'd get a ring. Like what the Talk hell about did, an undeserved what the hell did Andrea Skinner do and Michelle Brindamore and, and people like that? What did, what did those guys do? To, to help win a gold medal for Canada, right? Yeah, they're like a dictator's son wearing, yeah, wearing military yeah. insignia. Yeah, exactly, know? exactly. Yeah. And so, and so, anyways, I mean that the level of of entitlement and arrogance uh, was off the charts here. And yeah. I think Canada hockey, Canada has lost its way in a lot of ways, and lost its way with this gold or nothing, right attitude you know and so now so now that became that became the focus right not developing players not being diverse not being inclusive not grassroots it was like how many gold medals can we win and and i think i and i think that 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 was the when that's the main goal and you do everything to um to to protect that then I think you end up making bad decisions and like terrible, terrible decisions. And this, this obviously was one of them. Yeah. So the lights on in the arena thing, first of all, to my knowledge, almost all local arenas are run by local government. They all or Yeah. Uh, or volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. Private enterprise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the bottom line is, is that your Peterborough community center is not getting paid by Hockey Canada to run it. Right. It's getting paid by City of Peterborough. Yeah. Right? Um, so they just, it, it was a completely undeserved area that they even touched on to yeah. say that. Yeah. But secondly, to your point about grassroots, I, I hadn't even thought about this from before, and, and I just started thinking about it. Like, who's going to play goalie for Team Canada in the next Olympics? Who's going to play goal? I don't know. Carter Hart's off to a good start. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, but, yeah. but here's, yeah, yeah. here's my, here's my point. Right now. Let's now let me ask you the question. Who's the last great Canadian goaltender? Yeah. And so it's Carey Price. It's Carey Price, right? Yeah. Yep. The last dominant Canadian goaltender. Mm-hmm. Where did Carey Price come from? 
Anaheim Lake, BC. Anaheim Lake, BC. Yeah. Population and eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. Um, as my friend who came from PEI said, my hometown had eight drunks and a lobster in it. Right. <laughs> so, you know, take out the lobster and you've got, you know, you've got Carey Price, you know, you've got his hometown. It's, it's not yeah. a lot of people. Right. But my point is, is that those communities, Carey Price was lucky that his dad would, his dad bought a plane or something like that and flew yeah, him. And to, he used to fly him. Yeah. 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 Oh, we're running late for hockey practice. We really better fly. You got a whole new meaning, <laughs> yeah. right? With the with the Price family. But my my point is is that here's an example of a singular singular talent that is out there for a, a better grassroots program that serves more of this country. Like let like we live in Toronto. Let Toronto deal with Toronto. Yeah. We're a wealthy enough city. Let us deal with us, right? Let Pickering deal with Pickering and Vancouver deal with Vancouver. But when we start going up north of Winnipeg, you know, outside of Edmonton, once we start getting into these areas, right, that's where like Hockey Canada could really do something. And they have it. Yeah. And I and I think I think your point is well taken because there's it's become very top down, you know? And yeah. I think I think a lot of these people you're talking about who run these ranks and run these programs and, and have these, these leagues that they, you know, they, I think they felt in a lot of ways dictated to by hockey Canada. Yeah. And, and they've, they've lost a lot of their autonomy. And I, I just think that a lot, I, I just, I really think like there, there's gotta be some serious restructuring. I, I and I don't know how they do it because they have no board and they have no CEO. So now they've yeah. got it. Like who, who is going to appoint the board? Because the board is going to hire the CEO, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so now they've got to figure out how this board is going to get appointed. Like who's going to be the chair? Who's going to, you know, I mean, how, you don't have any, you have, you're starting literally from scratch. You, you start from the Scotiabank hometown heroes. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what you yeah. do. No, but I, I, like, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And, and this now brings me to kind of my final question that I want to zero in on with Hockey Canada. The board has resigned. Yeah. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Right. Where do you see this moving? How do you see this moving? Well, I definitely see it moving in a way that will be there. There'll be a lot more um, as I think one of the MPs and I think it was John Nader said, you know, I'm, I'm looking here at, at eight faces of the leadership of Hockey Canada and this is not what Canada looks like anymore. You know, yeah. it doesn't look like eight men with gray hair. Well done. You yeah. know? Yeah. And, and, and so, um, and so I think it, I think that's where it starts, whether it's Haley Wickenheiser or Trees Brisson or, you know, someone that maybe we don't even, whose name hasn't come up yet. I think there will be a lot like, like I think until 20, like the uh, hockey Canada has had a board since the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And I think until 2016, there had never been a woman even on the board. Right. Yeah. They had their first woman on the board in 2016. So I suspect that the CEO will be a woman. I suspect that the chairman, uh, chair per chair of the board will be a woman. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what, like, which uh, isn't like, enough in and of itself. No, I mean, it's Andrea not. Skinner was a yeah, woman. Yeah, exactly. It, and, and I, I kind of feel really badly for her because this is the first chance a woman gets and they, they throw her into that. You know, um, but, but I, I, I really believe that, you know, that, that 
you've still got to win gold medals. Yeah. And you've still got to administer the sport. Like it's still about the game. Yeah. And how good the game is and and how competitive Canada is on the world level. But I, I don't think that they're mutually exclusive. Like exactly. you, you don't have to be just a hockey person or you don't have to just be a diversity person or someone who has those sensibilities. You can have someone who knows a lot about hockey and is willing to do the right thing as well. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. Never once seen it. Never mm-hmm. met anybody in hockey that knows anything about nope. the sport yeah. that also is a decent human being. Right, exactly. No, and, and to your point about not being mutually exclusive, the idea of winning gold medals and a grassroots hockey program, find those carry prices. Yeah. Start yep. getting those guys from Anaheim Lake, BC. Yep. You know, I only know the name of that town because of him. Yep. <laughs> like the smallest town I could think of is like Timmins. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know, I, I started my career in Timmins. I know you did. I was just. I was, and I, Twain, worked at the 101 Mall at the service desk when I worked at the Timmins Daily Press. There's a comedian from Timmins that's like, do you know what it's like being the second most famous person from Timmins? Shania Twain Um, but anyways but you know the two are not mutually exclusive right right instead of just going to you look at the OHL the QMJ Western Hockey League these are for-profit enterprises which is fine I don't have a huge issue with it I think they could be improved but whatever you all Hockey Canada is doing is plucking kids out of those programs that have already been developed by a system and series of for-profit enterprises Mm mm-hmm Right. Mm-hmm. And now I don't I don't have any problem with somebody trying to, you know, make your cash and 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 do what you can. I don't have a, an issue with that. What I have an issue. Even even if you're paying poverty wages to your employees. That I do have an issue with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I what I'm saying is on the broad strokes. Level, okay. Just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. in theory. <laughs> yeah. Right. In theory. But yeah. but my point is, is that where I have the issue is, is I have the issue with with plucking some kid out of that and then just saying, hey, look what we did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I'm sorry, but you're standing on the backs of the OHL, standing on the backs of the GTHL, right? Standing on the backs of the Moss Park Community Center House League Mites program. Right, right. No, 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 no. You don't, you you have no, you've had no, you have not had your hand in that pot this whole time. Right. Right? But you have taken their money. But you have taken, taken their, their money. money to That's pay exactly where I'm and, going. And to, pay, and to pay three different funds that pay out... Um, you know, victims of, of these sexual assaults, right. And, yeah. and other things, Yeah, which, which I, you know, I mean, I mean, anyone who's really in the know about these things actually has said, that's like been a real, that, that was a really good idea. It yeah. was just poorly executed. You that's know? what Greg said. Yeah. I mean, that's, podcast, that's what yeah. everybody has said. Like it's, it's prudent to actually have a fund like that. Yeah. Um, but it was poorly executed and poorly communicated to the membership. And I think I think the biggest for me, the biggest it's not a tragedy, but the biggest disappointment about all of this is anyone with a brain in their head saw that this was gonna be the final result almost from the moment that the re- that the that the revelations were were made public. Yeah. I mean, it was over. Yeah. It was over then. It was over for Scott Smith. It was over for the board. And they hung on and they hung on and they hung on. And they dragged out this process for, what, three months or however long it's been. Yeah. When the right thing to do would have been, yeah, we effed up. We messed up. That's it. We were done. 
I've made the analogy of uh, of the final emperor of Rome several times. Yeah. By the time the Roman Empire, uh, the uh, Western Roman Empire, officially ceased, they'd already the Rome had been sacked several times. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a shadow of itself. It controlled no no true territory, and eventually, uh, you know, um, somebody basically just said to the emperor Nero. No, 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 it wasn't oh, Nero. Oh, was it Nero? No, it was years and years. It was like a f- few hundred years after Nero, maybe. Oh, okay. Right? Nero was just presided over the fire, but he was actually fairly... Anyways, whatever. Um, this is an ancient Roman history class. But okay. eventually, one of the one of the tribal leaders that had sacked Rome basically just went up to the emperor and said, you know something? You can go now. And he went, <laughs> and he went okay, and left. And it was just like so inevitable. It was inevitable for like a hundred years because people were just sacking Rome at will. Right. 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 And it was inevitable for like a hundred years, but it was just finally somebody just had the guts to say it. Right. And that's just kind of like what this is. It's like, you know what? You're you're a, a, a dinosaur of an organization that's just been rotten from the core for, you know, hundreds of years. You, uh, uh, Rome's hundreds of years. This is, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. not quite as long. Yeah. But, you know, you can go home now. <laughs> you're done here. You want to move on to something fun? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about hockey. Yeah. Hockey, hockey, not <laughs> hockey Canada. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hockey, hockey. All right. Toronto Maple Leafs or Vancouver Canucks? Dealers pick. Well, I thought I thought I kind of think they're they're both they're both the same topic, sort of. You're that kid that it's like, do you want the green marker or the red marker? And you both, just grab right? both markers. Yeah, no, let's no. do it. No, I th- I think they're kind of both the same topic topic because they're both Canadian teams. Yeah, they're both markets that are are really really jittery right now, and yeah. the heat is on. Yeah, in both places for different reasons. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can talk about both of them, but yeah, let's it do was, it. Yeah. Okay. okay. So my preseason prediction. Well, it wasn't really a prediction, but we talked about which coach do we think is in the hot seat. I said Sheldon Keefe. Mm-hmm. You were right. Taking a little moment to pat myself on the back. Mm-hmm. That guy, after the first game against Montreal, comes out and says, this is completely unacceptable. Yeah. That's not a good sign. A, a coach that is not feeling completely stressed will come out and say, it's the first game of the season. The boys yeah. are still getting their legs under them. Yada, yada, yada. Some, you know, you win some, you lose some. But boy, that is like a mid-season 10-game losing streak. Well, he's gone He's gone to the well pretty quick. And he did it again, and he did it again, and he did it again in a big way after the Arizona game when they lost 4-2. Yeah. He said that he said the, the difference between us and Arizona is we have elite talent, and our elite ta- talent didn't play like elite talent. Yeah. No kidding. And that, that to me is, you know, because I actually thought John Tavares was okay in that game. I thought Mitch Marner was actually pretty good in that game. Yeah. So where does that uh, leave Neilander you? had a good goal in that yeah, game. Yeah, what does that leave you? Well, yeah, he had a nice goal, but but where does that leave you? It leaves you number 34. Yeah. He was right He was right in the crosshairs on that one. But he's the guy that I, and, like, long-term I'm worried about the least. Yeah, yeah. Of the group. Right. And and to me, I mean, yeah, he's he's gone he's gone to that well pretty quick. And I know people are saying, oh, he's lost the room, he's lost the room. I don't think he's lost the room, but he's gonna lose it. Yeah. If if he does if he keeps doing this. Yeah. You know, he he's going to lose it. I mean, hey, look, Arizona beat Colorado twice last year. Right. You know what I mean? Uh like look at some of the teams that are winning games right now. You know? Yeah. I mean, Ottawa beat Boston last night. You know, I mean, I mean, 
upsets are going to happen in this league, right? right? It's it's you know, I mean, they play it's the games. Parody. They play the games for a reason, and that yeah, and this yeah. is like Gary Bettman's dream, right? Yeah, that any team can beat any other team on any given night, and it, and it's absolutely true. Yeah, um, you know, but an Arizona team that doesn't have its best defenseman, who's out, doesn't have Nick Schmaltz, who's out. Yeah. Um, you know, really like you looked at that roster and you went, wow, this is going to be some tough sledding here. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and to me, I mean, a, a, a market that's already skittish and worried, and now you've got goaltending issues and now you've lost Jake Muzzin for who knows how long, although the Jake Muzzin, Justin Hole pairing, I, I can't imagine <laughs> you could have gone long-term with that anyways. Yeah. Um, that was a bit scary. Um, so, you know, there's, there's some, yeah, it's, it's leaking a bit here. It's leaking a bit. And, and I mean, it's, it's not just coaching. It's obviously it's roster construction as well. I was literally about you know, roster construction written down. Here. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a huge part of this is roster construction. I, uh, the Jake Muzzin, Justin Hole was always reminding me of maybe my favorite media moment of all time was Tony Marinero at the uh, at the golf tournament, the Montreal Canadiens golf tournament. And they were asking, okay, so who's going to play with uh, Shea Weber this year? And it was Shea Weber's first full year in Montreal or something like that. And Mark Bergevin's like, oh, uh, you know, I felt like uh, he looked pretty good with Jordy Ben last year. And Tony goes, Shea Weber and Jordy Ben? You can't do that. <laughs> and it's just like, it was just like in that moment, I'm like, you've just galvanized the entire Habs fan base, French and English. Yeah, yeah. Just in everybody's mind, yeah. you spoke it out loud. And it, and and Justin Hole and Jake Muzzin, you, you kind of see that even on paper and you're like, good for some big hits maybe. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Jeez, I mean, neither of those guys are particularly fleet of foot these days, right? Yeah, and Jordy Ben plays for the Leafs now, and he's hurt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jordy Ben and Jake Muzzin. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, can't do, do that. that. Um, <laughs> J and J. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't. Sounds like a kid's show. <laughs> it's Jordy and Jake in the morning. <laughs> I I can't, like, for me, the... Um, this team is not, I've never thought this team has been as good as a lot of other people think it is. Yeah. And I, and I still don't think it's, I don't think it's a, like a upper tier legitimate top three Stanley cup contender. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I don't think they're as good as advertised. Right. Um, and, uh, and I think that there, there's some flaws in how this team was put together and they're beginning to really show. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, but the coach, I would think will take the fall if, you know, if this thing doesn't get back on the rails, I mean, it's an early sample, but I mean, I would feel, I, I might feel differently if Barry Trotz wasn't out there sitting by his phone waiting for the best offer to come, yeah. you know, you know, I, I might feel differently, but, but that's, that's like, to me, that's the, the wild card in all of this is, you know, okay, well, this is, this is, this is going South. Uh, let's bring in arguably the best coach in the NHL. 
Hi, Barry. It's Kyle. How much of the money do you want? <laughs> yeah. Oh, all of it. Yeah. Well, you drive a hard bargain, my friend, yeah. but done. Well, it's okay. We're only paying Mike Babcock still more than $7 million a year not to coach us. So, you know, I mean, really... If, if we're it being fair be more here, than that. we'd have to pay you more to actually <laughs> coach us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I had a question, actually, and it was more specific to the Arizona game. Mm-hmm. And I was curious if you had any insight on this. Mm-hmm. Um, Shalgren started against Arizona. I don't get it. Okay. I didn't get yeah, that. Yeah, so I was uh, I'm I like, didn't I'm get watching that. that. I'm like... I'm like, no, am I like missing something? Yeah, I, I didn't. Here? I didn't get that. I mean, I know he's got to get his uh, some starts here. Does he? And, well, he does at some point. But, I guess Murray's but injured. You played, but yeah. you played Saturday. Yeah. Right. You, you're playing Monday. You had a day off. You're not playing again until Thursday. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't understand that either. I, I'm not sure it would have made that much of a difference. But no, I'm not I mean, but if you're that. sitting there saying, okay, you know, uh. If you're sitting there saying Ilya Samsonov has the um the has the has the, the opportunity now. Yeah. Right? Like this is his this is you know, now it's the the coast is clear. Yeah. He can be the guy, he can carry it. Well then then use him. I joked with a friend, I was like I was like, this might be the best thing for the Leafs to give to be forced to give Samsonov a long look. Well, I'm not, you know, and I, and I, and I mean, and, and a lot of people have brought this up and I, and I'm not, and I'm not sure they're wrong is that, you know, part of the reason why Dubas, Kyle Dubas took so little, assumed so little of Matt Murray's salary was that maybe he saw this coming and, right. you, you know, the more salary you get, the more long tap, the more cap relief you get when you put him on long-term IR, right? He so has then been you injured then, a lot yeah, lately. Yeah, well, he's always injured. Yeah, right. And that's what DJ Smith said. He couldn't stay. He couldn't stay healthy for us. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I think there were some issues there, though, with the way his injuries were handled. That I think I don't think the Matt Murray camp was super super stoked about how how it, he was how his injuries were treated in Ottawa. But it is so hard to properly rehab an injury. I haven't been on the ice in two months. Mm-hmm. I haven't played on the ice in two months. Yeah, from a hip injury, and when I and I kind of checked back in with ah. the physiotherapist. Ah, well done, well done. Yep. And uh, his response was, "Yeah, that's about right." And th- and we're talking about a minor tweak. Yep. We're not talking about a major injury. Right. You can just dump that on the floor. Oh my god. I spilled Diet Coke all over the place. Ken, here, so. Ken, this is why we can't have a nice studio. I know. Yeah. I know. I <laughs> this know. is why we're doing it in a wood shop. Hope it doesn't attract any skunks. <laughs> anyways, yeah. But, but anyways, yeah. yeah having, having Shelgren in, I, I thought that that was a weird one. I thought that I was guess. a strange decision, too. Like, I, I didn't get it. And I'm not a goalie guy, and you're more of a goalie guy, so I defer to you on that, but... Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we both sat here and thought the other person was going to have some great insight or answer that we didn't have. But I I guess my only thought was they figured, well, Arizona is kind of a guaranteed win night. So why not have it, you know, get Shelgren's feet wet in this? But at the same time, there is there are no guaranteed. There there are no guaranteed win nights. You know, you had the day off before. I, I mean, they practiced on Sunday and uh they had Monday. They had a game Monday. Yeah, and and I I don't get, I don't get how you don't go with your number one guy. Yeah. Um. For those for those games, like I mean, you you know I mean that a win in in October is as important as a win in April. 
Yeah. Right? They're both worth the same number of points. Yeah. You got to get the win. But you're having a bad October. Yeah. Like you're not having yeah. a good October. Yeah. And so if you were humming along and and playing well and you and you thought, ah, let's get Shelgren in and if we lose, we lose kind of thing because we're doing well. That's yeah, a yeah, different yeah. mentality than, well, we're not playing well and we're not winning. So, hey, you know, it's a great thing that we should do. Let's get our let's get our backup goalie in. Yeah. Right. And yeah. technically the third string goalie. Right. If we want to we want to really drill down on this. Anyways, I, I, I didn't really understand it. Um, do you want to, do you want to move on to, uh, Gabby before we get off? The yeah. Loose, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 All right. So tell me how you're feeling about Vancouver Canucks with this. Well, again, like there's some, it's, there's some angst there, right? Yeah. I mean, the Canucks basically made history last night. Yeah. They made NHL history last night. How so? No team has ever blown multi-goal leads in each of their first four games. Wow. Ever in NHL history. Before last night. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I knew that they were blowing multi-goal leads to beat the band. But I didn't know they that. did all four games. All yeah. four games, they had two goal leads. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 And and to me, see, that indicates like a real, like, there's, there's the attention to detail is not there, obviously. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, you got a two-goal lead. You have, you have to play a certain way. And they're not doing it. Right. And, and so, I mean, I, I kind of had high hopes for Vancouver because I know that Bruce is the kind of coach who can come in and make, have some positive results right away, which he did last year. He's potentially one of my favorite coaches. Yeah. Which, and I thought, and I thought that with a full year, you know, that, that he might really have an impact on this, on this thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can't, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's how you lose too. Yeah. And you get a two goal lead and then you just let it slip away. Like, okay, that happens. It happens. Mm-hmm. Like it almost happened to Ottawa last night. Yeah. They were up three, nothing. Then it was three, three. Then they were up six, three. And then it was six, five. <laughs> I mean, they almost did it twice. Yeah. Right. So, but that's Ottawa. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I mean, these things happen. They're at a different state. But, but I mean, you, you, you know, you have a player's meeting after the third game, um, after you blow the lead in the third game and then you come out in the fourth game and you do the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so Boudreaux is one of my favorite coaches in the league. Uh, just, you know, full disclosure, he's just one of the coaches that just has no fear in playing a fun brand of hockey and, you know, just, uh, and, and of course his, his comments, the media are always very funny in a, in a lighthearted way. Not in the way that John Tortorella's comments to the media are very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although Tortorella is doing quite well, actually, with uh, Philadelphia so far. It's interesting. It's really interesting to see how what impact he... And this has been his impact. Oh, yeah. This has been a, a John Tortorella thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, we're going to get to some players, and I'm and one of their players, I think, is is has really stepped up in the last... In the, in the first part of this season, but... but I mean, he said something before this season started that that I, that I think goes counter to what a lot of coaches think. Like, I think a lot of coaches think that NHL players should have the will, and they 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 you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to motivate an NHL player to play. You know, yeah, because they've gotten to that level, they should know that they have to be at their best all the time, right? Yeah. And you know, you work on systems and you work on teaching them and everything. I mean, 
Tortorella before the season basically said the exact opposite. He said, you know what? I don't, I don't worry too much about, you know, teaching skill or systems or whatever. I I've got to, I've got to, I've got to get the will. I've got to teach the will. Yeah. You know? And I mean, the flyers are showing that they have a lot of will. Yeah. You know? So it's interesting. Going back to the Vancouver Canucks, yeah. uh, during our, our preseason predictions, I, I predicted that they were going to fall off um, more or. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I was like, this is how well they did with the best goaltending in the league, you know, so, which they're not getting right now. Right. Thatcher so now Demko we see how they're good. Yeah. Now, that, don't get me wrong. I think that Thatcher Demko will be a great goalie. And I think that, you know, he'll be fine in the long run and, and all the rest of it. But at the same time. They got the best goaltending in the league. Like, yeah, like yeah. it's yeah. one of those things where a certain amount of luck goes into that as well, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and I just didn't see that happening two years in a row, and uh, and I thought they were going to suffer for it, but uh, yeah, I I mean, so let's let's get the elephant off out of the room here. I don't think that Boudreaux's on the hot seat. I don't think it's I don't like think it's he too is soon. Yet. It's too soon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Keith. Might be. I think he is. I yeah. think he is. I think I think it's fair to say that he's under scrutiny. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's completely fair comment. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, given the entire body of work, right? Mm-hmm. The entire body of work, the blown playoffs. Yeah. The, you know, that like all of all of it. Yeah. When you put it all together. Yeah. And the dynamic and the market and the and the angst and the expectation and yeah. and I mean when you when you when you frame it that way and you come out two and two and you look really bad against Arizona the two, the two and, worst teams. They yeah. lost the two worst teams in the NHL last year. Right. Yeah. Arizona was thirty first, Montreal, Montreal was thirty second. Yeah. You know, so they've lost the two worst teams. They just beat Ottawa. Yeah. And then they got Which the, was like the fifth yeah. and then and then they something. had they had the win against Washington I think it was. So Yeah. 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 I so let's like the thing that I think about as well is like history here. Uh Kyle Dubis got rid of Freddie Anderson because he kept on blowing it in the playoffs. Right. And that's the narrative, right? Obviously the story's a little bit more complicated than that, yeah. but essentially Kyle Dubis turned around and said, "I'm not willing to watch you go into another playoffs." I'm not watching that. We're getting rid of you before that happens, right? And so if you look at Sheldon Keefe as another example, as Freddie Anderson was a great regular season goalie, right? And I'm not saying that he could never put put it together in the playoffs, but that's a different discussion. If you look at Sheldon Keefe, it's a similar situation where it's like he's he's been coaching this team to great regular season success. And Kyle Dubas already has that history of saying, I'm not watching you go into the playoffs and blow it again. Yeah. And now that he's not even getting that regular season su- success, I, I really, I think that that leash is very short. To me, I just, I still, it boggles my mind that, that Kyle Dubas hinged his job on Matt Murray, Matt Murray. and Ilya Samsonov. More Matt Murray. I mean, yeah. 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 I like the, I like the Samsonov pickup. And as a matter of fact, speaking of the Toronto Washington game, uh, I also mentioned preseason that uh, I really liked the Charlie Lindgren pickup for Washington, and he okay. played excellent that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Samsonov also played very well that night. And I was kind of like, oh, it's the two guys that I that I liked as sneaky underrated pickups mm-hmm. playing well against each other. I liked seeing that. Good. Um, it's a shame one of them had to lose. Can't we just end on these, every Stanley Cup in a tie? We can. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. And Gary Bettman's. 
I won't parody, say parody. I won't say it. Barry Bettman's dreams. Yeah. Everybody would win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody's south of Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. As as the great bass singer J.D. Sumner once said, you must be from Kentucky down to sing bass. And, you know, Gary Bettman's dreams are you got to be from Kentucky down to win the Stanley Cup. Right. <laughs> um. All right. You want to do our early season standouts? Yeah, I guess so. Sure. Yeah, let's uh, let's rapid fire through through a few of these guys. Okay, uh, we're just going to alternate. We haven't discussed our lists in advance, so uh, Ken, who do you have as first? Well, I, I I mean there are you know there are some obvious ones. Yeah, I, I kind of want to get off the beaten path a little bit here and go to two guys who were both first round picks, who both struggled a little bit to start their careers. And have been off to great starts. Yeah. One of them is Gabe Velarde. Okay. In LA. Yeah. Who has four goals and got the shootout winner last night. Yep. And the other is Carter Hart, who's been yes. excellent in yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah. Excellent. I did say I wondered what uh, John Tortorella was going to do for Carter Hart as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. It appears as though, and, and, and I think, and, and I think that Tortorella, I, I don't know what he does for Carter Hart. Like Tortorella, I think with even with goaltending, it's even more like just stay out of the way. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? What I more mean yeah. in terms of the the team yeah. and the way that the team plays in front of that goaltender mm-hmm. and to make their lives a little bit easier, right? But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I I think I think right now with with a guy like Gabe Velarde, you're seeing what they saw, you know, when they drafted him in the first round in in 2017. Yeah. Um, and uh, his, his skill level has been like he's made some super, super great plays. Yeah. Um, and he's doing it, getting third line minutes. Mm-hmm. Like he's only playing 16 minutes a game right yeah, now. Yeah. So I think that I, to me that he's a real standout. Yeah. And like I said, the other one is is definitely Carter Hart. OK, so I'm going to throw David Pasternak at you. Yeah, but he's always good. Like, he's yeah, always but good. he always has you? Brad Marchand on a line with. Yeah. Him. Yeah. So he's got to do more mm-hmm. himself, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's got eight points in four games. Right. So first of all, that's not just good; that's great. Yeah. Right. And uh, secondly, um, he's doing that without his regular line mate for like the last thousand years. Right. Right. Uh, he's one that I want to throw out there, and uh, the ghost bear. Yeah. Ghost yep. bear. Yeah. As. Uh, I mean, obviously, it caught my eye his quote the other day. I don't give a bleep about a draft pick. That was and great because I, I asked him about that because I said, you guys are tank- like everybody thinks that Arizona's tanking. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, well, OK, fine, whatever. And I said, but you guys because players don't No, they don't they don't care if you get first pick overall, last pick overall. You don't whatever. get to the NHL and by wanting to lose. Right. And that's why that's why a tank has to be administered at the upper most levels. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so like, cause coaches aren't going to tank players aren't going to tank. And I said, and players generally don't care. And he said, I don't give a shit. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to win. Yeah. You know, so you project this ahead. And so if, if Gosses bear keeps playing like this, like he's all over the ice, he's a Rover this year, it seems almost, um, but in a good way, he's been a Rover yeah, every year. Yeah. He's been, he's yeah. been very, very good. He's in the last year of a contract. Well, <laughs> as is Arizona's way of doing things. Right. Yeah. He will be, he would be, I think a very, very attractive, attractive trade deadline pickup. 
Yeah. At some point this year, or maybe before then. Who knows? Do you have another couple for me? Um, I know they've been doing it on the power play, but Steven Stamkos is back to like, in terms of just pure scoring. Yeah. Like he is insanely good right now. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know what his shooting percentage is. Let, let's look it up. Uh, 28.6%. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how sustainable that is. Yeah. <laughs> Four of his six goals have come on the power play. Yeah. And like Tampa is feasting on the power play. Like last night, that's all they did. Yeah. They got two goals on the power play and then they, they lost. Yeah. You know, which is what John Cooper said during the game. He said, let's, you know, let's not just, let's not just do it on the power play here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Steven Stamkos, um, after some, Injury riddled years, I think, had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I don't think there's any reason with that power play in Tampa and how good they are. I mean, they struggle a bit and, and stuff, but they, how good they are. I don't see why he can't be making a, a serious run for the Rocket Richard trophy again. Yeah. Um, so going with the scoring theme, I'll throw out Cole Caulfield. Okay. Three goals in four games. I saw some stat on Twitter that I didn't verify, but it was something like in the last 20 games played, you know, Cole Caulfield would have been like top five in scoring. Or in well, what goals. is he? He's got 22 goals in 40 something games under Martin, Martin St. Louis. It's yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, especially like the game against Toronto getting two in the exact same place. It's just like, yeah, yeah. It's like the flash, you know, it's like, you want to see me run to the, the Grand Canyon? <laughs> want to see me do it again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, uh, yeah, it's the kid's got an incredible shot and it's just, uh, you know, and, and, and an even better smile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think like, um, there are some people in the NHL that are easy to cheer for. Yep. Steven Stamkos is one of them. Yep. You can hate Tampa Bay, you know, Patrice Bergeron is one of them. You can hate Boston, but uh, I don't know a lot of people that have a bad thing to say about Patrice Bergeron. Mm-hmm. And I think that Cole Caulfield is one of them as well, um, playing very well. Uh, do you have another on the list? Well, for me, it's another two guys that are a little more like, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, OK, we could say that that because of Banajad and Artemi Panarin are tearing it up, which they are. It's great. Yeah. I mean, but you kind of thought that they would be good. Well, I didn't know that they'd be this good. Like yeah. Panarin is yeah. Panarin is back to his heart trophy kind yeah. of caliber where yeah. he has been very good in New York. Like I'm not trying to but there's a difference between very good and yeah, yeah, all-time yeah, great, yeah. you know. But for me there's two guys that I think have had had have had some tough times who I'm glad to see are are out of the gate really well. Mm-hmm. One of them is Jake DeBrusque in Boston. Yep. And the other one is Marty Natchez in uh, in in Carolina. Yeah, who's been very very good. Yeah, like like elite good this yeah. year so far. Um, and probably the last guy that I'll go with is, um, and he's playing for a team that's just god awful. And we could put them in this whole sort of existential angst debate, right? Which is the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Um, Matt Boldy. Yes. Yeah. Matt Boldy's had yeah, a great. Yeah. He's uh, he's and he he picked up on you know the the uh, the really good sort of showing that he had last year as well. So yeah, um, I did have Panarin on my list, and it's just it's just like what I just said. It's uh, 
he's since he's gone to New York, he's been very good, very very good. But he's never been in the heart conversation. Yeah, and he is already he's coming out of the gate in a way that you know warrants his contract mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And if that's what's leading the way for New York, and and they get further progression from Lafreniere. They get further pro- progression from Capo Caco. Who scored the other night. Who yeah. scored the other night. And they get, you know, these guys all take those steps that they need to take. Uh, the New York Rangers are going to be an absolute force. And, of course, Igor Shesterkin. Uh, I don't see any reason why he doesn't do it again this year. Well, he's been he's been really good so far. Right, exactly. He's been, he's been, yeah. he's been excellent so far. I mean, there's been Shesterkin. I mean, Jake Ottinger has been lights out. Yes. As we expected, right? And then yeah. there's been Chesterkin. Yeah. I mean, there's your there's your three elite goalies right there. The triumvirate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just because I was kind of curious about, the, about it. Craig Anderson, granted only having one game, has a 972 save percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 41. <laughs> that Eric guy. Comrie was, was really good last night. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Craig Anderson is another one of those guys that's so easy to cheer for. Like like when when they got eliminated from the playoffs in uh in Ottawa mm. and Craig Anderson's wife came back clean from cancer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was there a dry eye in in any house? Oh, I don't think so. No, yeah, it was yeah. like he's just like he's like that oh, was it a sucks pretty, to be eliminated but yeah. I got the best news of all. Yeah. And you're just like, "Oh." Yeah. That was a pretty magical. You wanted to give time. him a hug. Yeah. I did. That was 2017, right? That was 2017. It's, I, That's already like five years ago. Time is the worst. And he was, and he was 36 then. <laughs> <laughs> he's the, he's the oldest player in the NHL this year, I assume. Yeah. yeah was, well, with Chara is. retiring, I think yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, it yeah. was Chara him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up my list. You got any more on yours? You want to? No, I mean, there's, I mean, there's some of the obvious guys, but I was trying to sort of find guys that maybe. People haven't thought about as much. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally agree with you. Jason Robertson, four point, uh, four assists and one goal. It's a shame these guys only get paid to score goals. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward tomorrow night to Dallas is in Toronto and I'm. You going I'm, to that? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that game. Yeah. Do you have a plus one? <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if I did, I'd, I'd definitely bring you. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. An easy thing to say when you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. All right. Can you get free tickets? No, I can't get free tickets. Take a hike. <laughs> Take that's, a hike. that's that's like that's like the, the question you get most when people find out that you're like in this business. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get to go to the games for free? I always the love players that. Players don't I even always get love free that. Tickets. I always love that. I was I always love that when they say, "Do you get to go to the games for free?" and I always say, Actually, I get paid to go to the games. <laughs> Not only do I go for free, I get paid to go to the games, or at least I used to. <laughs> yeah, because Ken's the kind of guy that, after pushing you down, kicks dirt in your face. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I build myself up by tearing others down. <laughs> all right. Jerk. <laughs> so, so we all done here? I think so. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Check out kencampbell.subsec.com. Check out the Hockey Podcast Network. And yes, we're going to be audio only for the time being. And of course, if you could leave a like or review or subscribe or do all of that good stuff. And we will talk to you next week.